Hello and welcome back to Our Own Canon, a show about Asian Americans and our relationship to art. All right, so we're back and we're finally, finally finishing up where we started, right? Don't this talk, this is going to be the last say bit. That. Don't say it like that. We've really... been planning this one for so long and then cool stuff happened in the middle, so we needed to cover that. But it's not a bad thing. We're here now. <laughs> I really felt like this was like a like an Attack on Titan thing where they just kept saying we're gonna end, we're gonna end it today, and then you watch it, you get to the end, and they're like, no, we're gonna do another part. Yeah, we haven't Attack actually on ended it. Yeah, Attack on Titan, the final season, part two. <laughs> part two, Electric Boogaloo. Um, no, so we're finally doing Fruits Basket, part three. Part three. Um, Finally finishing up this wonderful, dissecting this wonderful show. Though, I feel like this is one that we're going to come back to at some point. <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> oh, god damn it. I, I literally just went on the whole we're, thing we're about done. how this thing will never end. <laughs> you cannot do that immediately after. <laughs> it's just for the bit. It's not for the bit. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's a possibility. So I'm just putting it out there so that maybe, I don't know, maybe we can come back to it. But, um, so it doesn't it's... catch anyone off guard when we have Fruits Basket Part 3. Yeah. Four, four. Part 4, yeah. <laughs> this is the Part 3. It's such a good show, though. It's it such is a really good, good Such a good piece of art. I feel, so... I don't know, do you ever... Okay, so I don't know if this is just me, but, like, if I digest like anime or manga first as manga or first as anime sometimes it throws me off whenever people refer to it as the other thing mm. like when i digest something first as manga and everybody's like oh that's such a good show i'm like what do you mean like it's a manga and then on nah. the flip side if i like watch it first as an anime and they're like oh the manga's so good i'm like that's weird but nah, I don't know if that, th if that throws anybody else off, but it does throw me off sometimes. Dude, Chainsaw Man for me is a is a manga. Chainsaw Man. Anyone, for me anyone, is also who, a manga. anyone who thinks of this show, I I don't understand that. Chainsaw Man for me is a manga after I actually physically read the manga at your house. Oh yeah, you went. You, she came over here and we were like like we were just hanging out reading books with like friends and whatnot, and she like. I don't know. It wasn't and even I like an hour. Maybe it. like two, two at most. She read the entire, the entire Chainsaw <laughs> Man. Like I don't know how she did it. It's actually really terrifying, and it's like it's not even like she read it without appreciating the art because there were several times where she was like, "Look at this fucking good piece of art." So like, she was literally just processing the entirety of it. At least in like, five times per book, I was turning it to on and be like, bro, that's so <laughs> sick. Um, like a fucking nerd, but it's fine. It was, it was a good time. <laughs> I totally went to on's place to uh, hang out with on, not to read his manga. <laughs> I'm winking for those of you who can't see. She even took some books home with her. <laughs> Not fun manga books, though. Oh, yeah. I one gave her a book about bureaucracy. <laughs> one of them is on my nightstand because this is light reading before bed. Where the conflict really lies. It's astonishing that so many scientists, philosophers, and theologians think there is a serious conflict between science and theistic religion. In this superb book. It's, yeah. 
<laughs> it's a fucking philosophy book. On was like, you need to read this. It's so good. I would no no Which no no. Which is such I not... BS because when I no. went there, I left it with a fun little fiction book about making games and like. No 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 no. I, he I was like, I, this I told, is really I good. I told you. I told you why I gave you that book. It was not because I enjoyed it. It was because <laughs> someone else in one of my classes let me borrow that book and then never showed up to class again. And now I have a book that I don't know what to do with. <laughs> and I was like, You're like, please about, take like, this from me. <laughs> and I was like, it's about faith and like philosophy. So like, that's like maybe something yet you like. <laughs> Thank you for taking that off my hand. Full the other book, the other I book, haven't though, started I, it. But that, it's good. That is, I haven't started it either. <laughs> I never started it, in fact. I never started that one. The <laughs> okay, other book we... is good, though. The other book, yes. The pink book, I actually am carrying around with me right now. But I can't find my bag, and I don't want to get up, so. That's um, Oh, my God. We got so off topic. Okay, well. <laughs> See, this is why we're never going to finish Roots Basket. Yeah, yeah. Up. But don't worry about that right now. <laughs> um, okay, so... The last time that we did Fruits Basket, we left off on... We did main characters. We did the main characters, and we did, like, a couple, I feel like, side characters. No, we but... got, like, we got, like, some like something happened, so I ended up cutting all the, like, the side characters that we did oh, and just left yeah. it on the characters. So You're right. Something we'll did be... happen. So we're, we're, we're starting again from the side characters. Got it. Okay. But for you guys, for everyone listening, this is yeah. your first time going yeah. through it. <laughs> Unless you guys want to hear the first time, I can't put that in the blooper reels, which we do have for patrons. So, like, oh, if you guys God. want to hear it for, for, for the Don't second time. Don't do that to me, dude. Uh, hey, we need, our, we need to figure out how to make money, okay? The, the viewers are my <laughs> friends. I have nothing to be ashamed of. Like, I haven't already said so many things on this show that I should be ashamed of. No, nah, we're just owning it at this point. <laughs> If you guys want to hear everything that Yeji has said that she should be ashamed of, it's all on TikTok. Just... It's yeah, it's all on it's all on our little. The only reason I have a TikTok is so that I can look at things that I should be ashamed of. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so which which character which side character are we starting with today, sir? Uh, I feel like the best place to start is with our bisexual icons. Always, <sighs> always, right? Yes. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that is, for those of you who are like, who? Um, obviously, Reen Soma and, um, oh god, what is his name? Hats- Hatsuharu. I, ga- I gave you a character reference sheet for a reason. You did give me a character reference sheet and I was literally looking at it when I blanked. Don't fucking worry about it. Anyways, Hatsuharu and Reen, um... Yeah, no, mommy and daddy for real. Um, <laughs> there and there it is. There it is. Third strap. Been a while since we recorded, but I'm glad. Number one, <laughs> technically two. Um, no, so I feel like I, whenever I reference this, them, so they're they're a couple. Hatsuharu and Rina are a couple. Um, Hatsuharu is the ox or the cow zodiac, and Rina is the horse zodiac. Um, so they're kind of like closely correlated, but I feel like every time I bring this couple up, um, there's always somebody who's like, I don't know, I kind of found their relationship a little bit toxic. Um, and I was wondering like what you thought about that statement at all. Like, do you agree, disagree? Do you halfway agree? Like toxic? 
Yeah, toxic. I mean, is it? I feel like I mean, there I, is I a think, dynamic think, of like Rin yeah. doing this like push and pull thing with Hatsuharu where um, she pushes him away because she's like, I'm damaged and there's no way you love me. Where And then he just kind of always is like chasing after her in some way, shape or form because he's like, no, I love you unconditionally. And like, I'm very well aware that like the that specific relationship description matches almost all of the couples in Fruits Basket. <laughs> but like um I don't know. I think there I think there's like some grain of truth in it just in the in the way that they have a dynamic. Although I feel like I don't know. I, I think most of the relationship dynamics in this have some kind of toxic element. But I wonder if that's more a testament to how like relationships in general just to have like emotional entanglement and that's just a thing that happens and like if you consider emotional entanglement toxic then like yeah all relationships are gonna be toxic kind of thing i don't know what mm-hmm. do you think yeah i think i kind of agree with you on that where it's like there are definitely it's not it's definitely not perfect and there's definitely a lot of like things that can be problems mm-hmm. right but like uh there there's two things that kind of make me like not completely want to say it's toxic and like each one of them by itself is not a good reason together i think mm-hmm. might be a bit of an argument mm-hmm. right and like the first one is that like no one's like trying to like do anything like particularly bad like the intentions aren't like completely bad and that's not like a particularly always good reason because you can do a lot of really bad things with good intentions mm-hmm. right but like but it genuinely is not it's not like 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 there, there are certain aspects of like when when you say toxic relationship the first thing that comes to mind is like someone who's like emotionally actively abusive and things like that yeah actively yeah. manipulative and like some of that can be subconscious but but you know like there is some intent there about like wanting to keep them in a relationship that's like really not good for them mm-hmm. right uh, and that doesn't particularly feel there like like reen the reason reen does the things that she does like like she clearly cares about Hatsuharu. She just does a lot of things she does because like there's so much other shit going on, mm-hmm. right? Um, but like I said, like that that alone probably isn't a good excuse. And then the other mm-hmm. one is that like they work on it throughout the show and get better, mm-hmm. right? Like 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 toxicity to me. The other component of it is also like pattern of behavior, mm-hmm. right? Like like a couple things happening here and there might just be a couple of things but like the thing you should really be watching for is like patterns of behavior and like mm-hmm. they genuinely do try and move forward and push through and like by the end of the show they are like different characters right they, they have like gone through a lot and like they're mm-hmm. not trying to you know they, they, they've they 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 there's still some of that there like healing takes time but they're mm-hmm. also like clearly moving forward and trying to get past it so mm-hmm. it's kind of where I'm at. I like that. I like that description. And I think them together overall is fine. Um, I find more problematic things with them individually than them together. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, like, both of them have things where I'm like, ooh, ooh that's hmm, interesting character choice, um, which 
that's something that I really love about Fruits Basket is that you can find several very huge things wrong with each of the characters and you still love them anyway. It just makes them more human. Um, yeah. Like none of these people are perfect and that's what really makes them people and not just characters. In my opinion, just even individually aside from the plot, um, it just adds this element of realism that I really appreciate. Um so, do you want to start with Hatsuharu, or do you want to start with Reen in terms of like talking about them individually? Uh, let's start with Reen just because like I have something to say about her, okay. and like I haven't completely figured out what I want to do about Hatsuharu yet. Okay, perfect. Uh, is it that she's hot? Because you'd be right. No, <laughs> I mean, damn it, <laughs> you're not wrong. She also has like the most like for. for for a show that like, that's not very heavy handed on like the anime ness of anime. Yeah, her introduction is like pretty anime. <laughs> I do think that they bring it up like because she is introduced officially in, like the second season, mm-hmm. right? So it's like they've gotten pretty far in without like any heavy handed tropes so that I feel like they just blop her in like, Oh, you thought you were free from the objectification of women in Japanese culture. Nope. <laughs> da, 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 for, those, da. for those who don't know her first appearance is fully nude in yep. the middle of the forest. <laughs> <laughs> and the show is doing a pretty good job She's of not doing shit fully, like that. Up until yeah. Now. Just fully exposed. It's fine. Um, Okay, so what what is it that you wanted to say about her? So like the main like thing that we that I I really like Bruce asking about, and I think that you like too, is like the discussions on like trauma and like healing and like relationships and things like that. Mm-hmm. And like the thing that I find really interesting about her character is that like at the end when everyone's like moving on toward like at at the end with like after the curse has been broken and everything's been resolved, right? And they're like saying their peace to Akito. Right. And like mm-hmm. most of the characters like forgive Akito and like they're like like what you did sucked, but like we're gonna move on from it. But like the author leaves Reen and a really because Reen's probably the one who's gone through the most like abuse from Akito. Mm-hmm. Right. She literally got pushed out of like a yep. building and like, hospitalized <laughs> for it. And like it it would be really easy, I think, for the author just be just to like say everyone forgave Akito and just make it simple like that. But like mm-hmm. the author doesn't, and the author is like, Reen doesn't forgive Akito because how because like because one she doesn't have to, mm-hmm. right? And like two like for a character who's been through all that from this character, right? Like like it doesn't make sense really to and and the show doesn't play it as anything bad. It just plays it as like no like like this is what the character needs and this is what writes for the character. Mm-hmm. and you don't like like you don't have to forgive like your abusers like that you know like and mm-hmm. I, I think that was like a really powerful thing that like the show did with that character whereas like forgiveness is good but also if you're not ready then don't feel like you have to mm-hmm. right i like that they did this too because i think that it would have been very heavy-handed like showing the hand of the author in terms of like oh forgiveness is good as a message if Mm -hmm. if reen had done that but it's not in character for her to do that no it doesn't. so she doesn't and i love that because that means that the author understands their characters you know every other character 
that is going through something like they with Akito, right, trying to reconcile what happened and how they were treated. All of them have a reason for forgiving Akito aside from just forgiveness is good. Mm-hmm. Right. There is an element of like self-acceptance with Momiji. There is an element of um, like overcoming his past and the traumas that he's been through with Yuki, with Kyo. It's like rejecting the family. Um, mm-hmm. There's like a reason that every single one of these characters does forgive Akito and Rin doesn't because there isn't a valid reason for her to forgive yeah. Akito, which is good. <laughs> like, Yes, forgiveness is great and it's important. And, you know, there's all that stuff about like, you know, you don't forgive for others, you forgive for yourself. But it's like Rin isn't forgiving because she respects herself at the same time. You know, like she's not harboring all of this resentment because it's bad for her and it's not bad for her. It's like 100% fucking valid that she's harboring (laughs) resentment and it's shown that way. It's not ever portrayed as like, oh, Reen is like... Like she's the one in the wrong for not forgiving, and like it's it, it's on her at the end of the day because she's not gonna forgive Akito. It's like no, like everybody who you know hears her being like she doesn't forgive forgiveness it, or doesn't deserve forgiveness. Everybody's like mm, valid, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Moving> on, <laughs> no, no, nobody, no one questions. Nobody that. No questions about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which again is why I think that like, which I think is again showing how the author understands the kinds of things that they've done to this character and understands the weight of it and what the natural outcome would be. I don't know. I feel like especially in anime too, there are these emotional stakes that the author just sometimes overlooks because they want to make their characters seem very invulnerable. Like you'll see a lot of anime protagonists like forgive the person who murdered their entire family in front of them because it's like, oh, they're so pure-hearted and they're such good (laughs) paragons that they just forgive no matter what, no matter how evil this person is. And it's like, sometimes that's just not realistic and sometimes that's not good. Sometimes you sacrifice a lot to be able to do that and just being able to do it willy-nilly kind of undercuts the importance of why forgiveness is a thing and why it's important um and i don't know i just i really it's exactly how you said you love the fact that reen didn't forgive akito and there's a reason behind it and it's good i think it shows also emphasizes the weight that is put on the other character's forgiveness as well um yeah but it's i don't know like it's i'm glad that she doesn't um and that's that's a good point i don't think i thought about that um a whole bunch until you brought it up which you did mention it last episode but we didn't really get to go like super into it but i like that yeah i like that you brought that up all right how do you feel about heart to heart then daddy (laughs) sorry 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 i will um i'll turn it down we we should we should have we should have like a little counter at the bottom (laughs) just like for every episode just like a ding Hatsuharu is, he's just wonderful. I feel like he's just such a stand-up guy. Um, The one thing I can't get over with him is I just feel like he's such queer bait, um, which I do have a hard time getting over sometimes, which I just don't, like, I'm like, okay, if you're going to make a character do gay things, like, make them queer. 
I mean, I do think I think he's like, queer coded, but I think that like I mean, I think he's bi coded, but like mm, <laughs> he's not really at the same time because I, I okay, here's the other thing too, right? Okay. If 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 Fruits Basket came out in 2023, right, with the elements that are shown of, like, him doing what he's doing, I'd be like, oh, yeah, he's bi for sure, not just queer-coded. But the fact that this came out when it did and the manga was written when it was, I'm like, I know he's not actually bi. I know that this is queer-baiting because of when it came out and the virtue of, like, it just being older. Like, there's no way there's an actually queer character in this just because it's... It's very, it's highly unlikely, right? That he's also, actually by and not just like. I also don't think it helps that Ritsu is Ritsu Soma isn't trans. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, another like, one. Like, <laughs> that's like, another one. Like if if one of those was confirmed, then I can kind of believe the other one. Right. But the fact that they were both kind of disconfirmed, or they, they both neither was truly confirmed. I think. Yes. I think you're correct that it was yes. like yeah yes (laughs) also i don't know like they did the same thing low-key with like ima and hatori where like akito and akito where they're like oh like look at all these characters struggling with like sexual attraction and like gender dysphoria and you know trying to figure out their sexuality in reference to like the people they love and the people around them and their environment And then all of them go back to some kind of, like, binary gender pretty, at the end. They're all end. pretty straight by the end. Yeah, like, everybody gets indoctrinated back into their proper categories. And it's like, great. This is so great. Um, but Atsuharu was one that I was less... I think I was less disappointed with it. Um, I I will bring up the other ones obviously when more when they do come up, um, specifically mm-hmm. with Ritsu because I think that was just so like it was such a slap to the face, Loki. But okay, with Hatsuharu, it was more like you could kind of tell the differences between the kinds of love that he was showing. Like there's this bit that goes on throughout the show that Hatsuharu is like in love, quote unquote, with Yuki, and he takes special care of him. He looks out for him. Um, he's always sort of there when yuki is there you know um and we can kind of see him silently like watching out for yuki um and he does the same thing with reen but obviously he's dating reen right so it's it is slightly different um and there are obviously signifiers where like it's made clear that Hatsuharu has been doing this since Yuki was very young and under Akito's wing and so Hatsuharu feels like an obligation to the child that he knew to take care of him um so in that way i feel like it is it is obviously different than just like oh like he has gay feelings for him but he's not actually in love with him because he's (laughs) dating a woman it's like there are signifiers there that make it clear and do distinct distinct make a distinction yeah distinct She's an English major, guys. Shut the fuck up. Study her for four Shut years. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that make a distinction between the kinds of love that he shows to Yuki and to Reen. But it is... It is definitely played for queer baiting sometimes. <laughs> like, it definitely is. <laughs> I suspect you might be correct. 
yeah, I usually am. But what do you think? How do you what do you like about Hatsuharu? What do you don't like about Hatsuharu? I think where are you at? Uh, I think something that I really like about Hatsuharu is like how he plays with masculinity. Mm-hmm. All right, because like you know, like there's obviously a lot of different ways to be masculine, and I don't think we have touched on all those ways as like a society culture <laughs> a, a, a society right and like i like the the way that like hatsuharu is like very clearly coded masculine like in mm-hmm. a lot of different ways mm-hmm. but like still manages to show like a different side of like masculinity that's like that's like you know like it's it's like really nurturing and like like in good in a lot of ways that i like mm-hmm. right uh because like I, I think something that's really interesting about the, the way that, like, his character's use here is that, like, like um, in, like, a traditional sense of masculinity, men are supposed to, like, be providers and take care of, like, people, right? Take care of, like, their children or their or their wives or their girlfriends or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, like, I really like how, like, Hatsuharu's character takes that and it's, like, part of caring about, like, those people around you is, like, watching after them emotionally, mm-hmm. right? And making sure, like, their emotional well-being is good, which I think is something that's usually missed when, when people talk about masculinity in, masculinity in that way, mm-hmm. right? And I really like that, like, his character manages to, like, do the whole thing about, like, men are supposed to take care of, like, women, right? But also does it in a way that I think is, like, a little more subvertive and interesting and important, too, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're very right about that. I do think that it is also interesting the animal that they gave him in the zodiac which is like the cow um (laughs) i i don't know it harkens for me back to so many greek and roman myths of cows or oxen or Mm -hmm. those kinds of animals like nursing um other animals or other heroes like back to health like the ox is a very matronly figure in mythology um and so it, for me i just think it's interesting that hasuharu is the ox and uh, reen is the horse because i think of horses more as a masculine thing um mm-hmm. i think ken would agree with me but um <laughs> <laughs> when i found out the patriarchy wasn't about horses i lost interest anyway like same you know um like <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, like, the horse is kind of, like, this traditionally sort of masculine signifier. Like, I don't want to bring up the sexual connotation of the way that horses are used in, like, a masculine way. But everybody knows what I'm talking about. Like, um, there's slang that references it, you know? So, it is interesting for me, I think, that, like, they gave Reen the horse and Hatsuharu the cow because I don't also, know like, I think it they would gave make Hatsuharu, sense to... like the black like not even the ox like the black and white yeah cow like a milk usually... cow yeah a milk cow <laughs> yeah. which are like you know female cows yeah very <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't think I caught that until you uh... you know female cow. yeah you kind of nailed it on the head you know what i mean like um and i don't know like i i i like that i like that it kind of subverts your expectations a little bit because the other thing about that too is that like in the show itself like the first time hatsuhado turns into an animal um he like pulls toru in for a hug and it's this very like 
romance anime type thing where he just like grabs her and yanks her in and then he just turns into a fucking cow and she's like oh and everybody else is kind of like oh because we kind of expect him to be this almost like grandiose animal or something cooler i guess because of the The way he kind of presents himself yeah like like an actual ox with like horns you know but he is (laughs) fully a cow he doesn't have horns, I don't think, either. Like, as an animal, I don't think sure. his cow has horns, which, like, would make him the male version of the cow. <laughs> I feel like we're knocking on something right now. I feel like we figured something there, out. There, there, I, I think there is something here about that. Right? We've, we've cracked the code. <laughs> I, I I do think there is something on purpose I, about his yeah, character no, the and, more how, that and how I, he subverts masculinity. The more in a that lot I talk about while it, while still being masculine. Yeah, the more that I'm convinced for sure. But you know, the way that he presents as a human is like he's covered in piercings. He looks like he should have tattoos, but he doesn't because he's like a he teenager. Doesn't? Um, he looks like Dude, he I should thought, have tattoos. I thought he did. I thought he did. I, I know, right? Like you kind of look at him and you're like, oh yeah, like the duochrome hair and the fucking like piercings and shit. And he like wears, you know, a bunch of jewelry. Like he, you know, but and, the, and then the 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 cutoffs. <laughs> yeah, and the, the cutoffs, stage. right? Um, but honestly, he's kind of goofy, and he has this second personality or. Okay, let's talk about Dark Haru. Yeah, that's, I need to know what's going that's, on there. That's because like it's Black Haru, by the way. <laughs> Same deal. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> Don't just, know what's going on. Sounds, whether it's Dark or Black Haru, it I, sounds uh, so weird to say though. Like, white Haru, Black Haru, <laughs> like. It just sounds wrong. Like, it's gotta be racist. I don't know. Like, probably. We can call him Dark Haru for the purposes of the podcast (laughs) and not making our viewers uncomfortable. But yes, um, he has this, like, dual personality where whenever he gets super irritated, his dark side comes out in, like, a very physical manifestation. I'm I'm glad we changed it to dark side because. (laughs) Yeah, now you're gonna think about it. Doing that (laughs) sentence with then his black side comes out. Bad. <laughs> okay, yeah, you just lost it. <laughs> She's gone. <laughs> the podcast episode ends here. We're doing a part four because yeah, she's just gone. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> No, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (sighs) Composure. Yeah, so he has another personality. Um, Comes out when he's annoyed. (laughs) It's a whole thing. Um, Yeah, what what did you, like, what do you have to say about it? Like, what did you want to talk about? I I don't, I don't get it. You don't don't get get it? it? Is it, is it, like, is this, like, 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 other than like the curse stuff, Fruits Basket's like pretty like real about like everything else, right? Like, is this like some weird like bipolar thing that's done really badly, or is this like, like I I don't know, like like uh-huh. what's going on here? I think okay. So remember how we were talking about how like Fruits Basket doesn't 
suffer from the same kind of like trope chokehold that a bunch of other anime struggles with. Mm-hmm. I think that one of the things that they did kind of like fall into a little bit with some of the side characters is that they kind of had to make certain characters token. Um, and they didn't really have a bad boy token. Um, Q is not like he's a bad boy, but he's not the grungy type with the jewelry and the piercings. Like he's more of a he's like the loner bad boy who he's like the lone mm-hmm. wolf bad boy. You know what I mean? Where like he doesn't want anybody to bother him. He wants to be alone. Like that kind of bad boy. But they needed. I think they were like, oh, right, we have our Lolita boy, which is Momiji. We have our cross-dresser. <laughs> which is an anime trope, by the way. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Oran High School Host Club. Like, it's a trope. It's a thing, right? They need at least one character that does not dress <laughs> in the way that they're supposed to in terms of, like... Or they have, like, a really convoluted reason to cross-dress. It's like a convoluted cross-dresser. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not just somebody who dresses boyishly or dresses girlishly. It's, like, somebody who dresses, like, the opposite way for the most convoluted-ass reason of all time. Like, that's Ritsu. That's Haruhi. Like, (laughs) they have a convoluted cross-dresser. They have... Like, the princely character with Yugi, they have the, you know, the overdramatic theatrical type with IMA. They have, like, the older mentor, kind of, like, greasy mentor, you know what I mean? With, um... It's surprisingly more of a trope than... Yeah, like, with... What's his name? I'm looking at the... Shigure... Right. So like they have their little, they have their little tropes, they have their little pockets. And I think that with Hatsuharu, like they needed to do something with him other than just like, he's, he's a cow, you know, (laughs) they needed to do something with that. I think other than that. So they designed him the way that they designed him. And I think they gave him the dark personality because they needed to give him something to do in the trope realm of what they were working with. And I, yeah, I think it just checked a box. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if there's really a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, even like his normal persona isn't that much of a bad boy. So I guess yeah. like, if they really wanted like that. Then yeah. And I, I don't know. I feel like he doesn't come out a ton. I feel like it's more of a bit. It is a bit. I just, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. On I just find not everything has to have a purpose, okay? <laughs> He's like, I need That's to know true. the philosophical root, and the. I, the, the... I, I okay, okay. I the I don't think everything needs to have why. a purpose, but I do think the closest, like like, fruits basket wants to be realistic in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. So, like, the closest realistic parallel to this is, like, maybe, like, a bipolar disorder thing. And if it's that, then I think they did it bad. So, I need for the... I, I'm, I'm for trying to find a purpose that's good to justify that 
being bad. <laughs> oh, got it. <laughs> right, like, like I'll, I'll, I'll accept it if there's like some sort of like philosophical, metaphorical something to grab onto that's not weirdly problematic. But like, if there's not, then like the only thing my brain goes to is like, this is just like a bad depiction of like being bipolar, like or like dual personality disorder. Or, or multiple yeah. personality disorder. Even but if it's it, that, I still think yeah, it's not the it's best not the depiction. greatest depiction of either of those things. Although I, I don't know, I feel like with dual personality disorder, the way that we've often seen it portrayed, especially in media, is like, oh, when someone feels cornered, like another part of their personality comes out to compensate for that. <clears throat> and so with Hatsuhado, I think there is like the only time Dark Hado comes out is when he needs to either defend somebody else. Or when he feels mm-hmm. like he's in a bind and there's nothing else for him to do. Um, and everybody kind of can tell when he's about to come out. Like, And that's part that's of the true. bit, right? Is it like whatever it's about to happen, everybody's like, oh, fuck, like Dark, dark Haru, he's like coming, right? Um, with that, I, I think that maybe that could be part of it. And, and here's the other thing, though, is that there, there's definitely a way that they could have played this in terms of like, oh, he's fucking traumatized. And like, that's the tough guy that is overcompensating for the child that like was never protected by his family or you know who couldn't protect anybody around him who couldn't protect the love of his life who couldn't protect his friends when they were younger like like, and like that's the part of him that comes out whenever he feels like he's in a bind because it's the guy who's gonna get shit done because the child part of him couldn't but it's Mm -hmm. not played like that (laughs) it's just a bit (laughs) it's just a bit it's just a bit you know, and like in a different show, I'd be willing to just say it's just a bit and just move on. But mm-hmm. like this show, it just like doesn't really ask of you that, you know, like it really mm-hmm. does want you to sit down and think about it mm-hmm. for three episodes. Yeah, <laughs> for three episodes. Maybe yeah. four. I don't know. I think that like it's a possibility that they could have played with. They just didn't. Um, though I do. I don't know. I think that Hatsuharu deserved maybe to have a little bit more going on with him other than just like good boyfriend and good friend type thing because that's really all maybe queer but not really yeah maybe (laughs) queer but not really like it would have been cool honestly to see him sort of grapple with like dealing with the dark part of himself that you know is obviously birthed from the fact that he's traumatized and like how he deals with that as a person but it's never really talked about so we don't really know if that's really what it is (laughs) um but yeah i don't know despite all of what we said we both do really like Hatsuharu. Oh, he's great. We, I fucking <laughs> love that guy. Um, he's just, he's just a good, he's just a good guy. I don't know. Like if I knew him in person, I'd be like, oh, you're like the scary looking guy that is that would like give you a ride home from a party. You know what I mean? Like he's the bad boy that's gonna treat you right type thing. So that's good. Um, it's played well. All right, who else do we have on the roster here today? this little list who do you want to do next a lot of characters who who speak out to you spin a wheel spin a wheel you should have told me to make a wheel (laughs) beforehand i don't know how i'm gonna make a wheel and then spin it in such a short amount of time (laughs) i'm sorry i should have thought about it beforehand all right um hmm. um should we do momiji should we do like the Momiji? Sure, we can do Momiji. Okay, we can do the, we can do like Hattori Ayame, Hattori, 
Hattori, Ayame, and Shigure next if you want to. They're a little That like, was going to be my thing. recommendation, All but right. we can do Momiji first. Let's do Momiji first because he's a little bit closer to being a main character, I feel like. Um, yeah. So here's our lovely little Lolita boy. Um, until he isn't. Until he isn't, <laughs> which is so crazy that they do that at like the second to last episode. Who, 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 who gets a glow up? On this second to last episode. That's so fucked up. He spends the whole show being like this this little guy. He's just a little guy. He's just a little kid. And then he shoots up. He becomes like six foot three overnight. Like. Uh... It's so odd. That's the it's one so thing I can't explain in this show. <laughs> i don't there's i don't no... even know what the value i don't even know what the value of it is there's no reasonable explanation that. for it <laughs> it's so weird it's so weird um and like you know like the, the lolita type is like a trope mm -hmm. and like no one has ever seen a lolita grow up <laughs> that's true it's a weird it's because a weird like thing. The, the whole thing is that they're like they're a lot older than they look so the fact that he like grew up is like it's not a bad thing it came out of left field, though. Yeah, I feel like it's an interesting way to take that character. You know what I mean? Because, like, obviously the Lolita type, just exactly as you said, right? Like, they're the, the whole point is them being young. And so it's just interesting that they made the Lolita character grow up. And I think it does kind of speak to the way that the author does this whole thing where he's like, ah, oh, yes, like, he, she. She, um, damn. Sorry. <laughs> Where, don't have enough uh, female creators in the industry and you're, and you're erasing I'm so one sorry. of them please don't cancel me <laughs> don't worry i'm already on it i'm ah, tweeting right now no! <laughs> um but like where she does this thing where you know all these characters have some kind of development and she does use the lolita thing to her advantage because it's this very physical manifestation of him growing up and leaving behind his childhood and the stuff that kept him young you know um mm. which like the reason he presents as young is just so tragic um <laughs> momiji's tragic backstory is that his mother wasn't part she was like a soma obviously because she married in but she wasn't a part of the zodiac and the first time she held her child it turned into a rabbit and she was like i would rather kill myself than raise this child so she had her memory wiped um, so that she could survive and would not off herself. Um, and Momiji still, like, sees her every day and she has no idea who he is. And his father still lives with his wife and their second child and won't let his son come home because his wife will lose it. That's and he has a pretty yeah. That's just fucked. Like that's there's no winning in that. There's just that's just. <laughs> it's crazy that he has a pretty good attitude about it too. Yeah, he's like strangely cool <laughs> with it. Like he he'll greet his mom whenever he sees her. Like oh you know it's good to see you. Like how's your daughter, my sister? Like. <laughs> and he like really cares about his sister. I mean like yeah. it could be really easy to write the character as like resentful mm -hmm. but like he's he's like he's really caring about his sister and it's i think it just adds to the tragedy honestly yeah i don't 
don't know. What do you think about Momiji? Where are you at with this character? What do you like? Don't like? Give me the rundown. I like. Well, first of all, the the dub version of him with like his like German accent is, is it's, it's really it's, bad. It's, 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 it's a little really rough. bad. Um, so Momiji is rough. half German, I believe. His mom probably his mom. Mom is German. Um, and so the dub has him speaking English in a German accent, which is okay. Because here's the other thing. But in right? the Lolita style. <laughs> and also in the Lolita style. Because, okay, here's the thing, right? So obviously, like, when you're translating to dub, it's not going to be perfect because it's a different language. And the setting is in Japan. So they have to retcon certain things. But, like, in the anime itself... The sub version does not have his character speaking Japanese in a German accent. Like, he's lived in Japan his whole life. He doesn't have an <laughs> accent. And the reason, like, it's just, like, pointless. Like, the dub did not need to do that. Because it's not like in the sub version he's speaking Japanese in a German accent. So they were like, oh, like, Momiji has to have an accent because the sub, like, the person who originally voiced him did Japanese in a German accent. So this makes sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make and sense. <laughs> and it gets really grating at points, too. Yeah, it gets hard to listen to him. Also, it's it's just like, also, if you were going to do that, get like an actual German-American VA. Like, I know there's one out there, guys. Come on. Like, you couldn't. Uh, it's like very clearly some American dude being like, ah, and like. Watch it be a German-American and they just feel really bad about doing <laughs> this now. Wait, actually. Okay, hang on. Now I have to see, just in case. I think so many things are going to get me canceled today. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to have so many people coming after me. Fruits Basket dub cast. Okay, continue. <laughs> yeah, but, like, in general, other than, like, his, like, dubbing, I, I do like his character. His, uh, his backstory, like, hits all the right amount of, like, tragic that you need for for a freaking fruits basket character. Mm -hmm. right. Okay, so first of all, I did misgender her. It's a woman who voices him. Um, but That's the second time today. I'm so fucking sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I need to release an apology video. I haven't even gotten famous yet. Um, <laughs> Michaela, Michaela was born in Minnesota, so... At least you got that right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Your your radar for for for, for gendering is is awful, I'm but you can so tell a white sorry. person when so you can sorry. you can tell an American when you hear one. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I spent so many time. I spent so much time around genderless people that the concept of gender. <laughs> That's not true. Okay, continue. <laughs> what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> I try to come up with some kind of valid, like, shitty apology excuse for it. You know what I mean? Where, like, in the apology videos, they're like, I just... And they're crying, right? They're fake crying. They're like, this gets me so emotional. I'm so sorry. But, like, the reason that I'm so bad at clocking people who are cis is because I just spend so much time around wonderful non-binary people. And... <laughs> <laughs> I 
just can't tell whenever someone is actually a man or a woman because I don't. Okay, I'm going to stop. Yeah, just just clip that and put it on YouTube, and that's my official y'all, apology y'all, video I'm for doing this. this for you. <laughs> okay. Yeji is part of the queer community. Don't worry. <laughs> how can oh. I be? How can I be sexist and homophobic if I myself am? Yay! Okay. Um, <laughs> the... Hmm. Who are we talking about? Momiji. Bad dub. Moving on. <laughs> Talk about Shigeru right now. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, wait. So, last thing about Momiji is that he does have this, like, weird glow-up at the very end of the series um, where, like, it's basically revealed that his friendship with Toru was him, like, really trying to make it romantic, but... It obviously wasn't seen that way by the audience or really anybody else because of the way that he presents um, as kind of like her younger brother or, you know, like this child almost kind of fucked up. This keeps happening to Toru, but like son-mother situation, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And at the end, he confronts Kyo and he's like, hey, keep an eye on your girl. Or, like... Or was I going to put the moves on it? Yeah, like, <laughs> it would suck so bad if Toru, like, didn't like you back, wouldn't it? Watch your fucking back type thing. Um, which kind of is the kick in the ass that Kyo needs to kind of, like, go and, you know, lock that shit down. Do. But, um, yeah. yeah, Momiji has... He has a whole thing going, but um, it's a good sort of resolution to his character, and he, like, officially kind of forgives his mom. Um, he he has a good ending, I feel like, and he is such a sweet kind of comedic addition to the show throughout the whole thing. Like, he adds this very lightheartedness to everything, which is great because the show can get very fucking dark sometimes. Um, he's kind of that perfect... Uh, happy-go-lucky character that has a super fucking tragic backstory type thing and he plays it very well i think it's a very he's a well-written character despite some of his pitfalls um <laughs> shigure and hatori and ayame i'm gonna get them mixed up <laughs> at some point um so you're just gonna have to bear with me but um say with shigure last because like i think that's the one i want to talk about the most because what an interesting character. Oh, he's he's so. he he's he's a character for sure. Um <laughs> Who All did right, you want so to start ha- with? Hatori or IMA. Let's start with Hatori. Okay. Let's, let's go with that. Our little seahorse. Our little our little water dragon. Oh, water dragon. He's such a good guy. I love him. He's so cute. It's his his <laughs> first his first reveal is really funny. Like um, I think it's Toru that like bumps into him and um, he becomes a seahorse and she's like, oh my God, do like seahorses take salt water or fresh water? I don't know. And she like almost kills him. It's great. Um, <laughs> but um, he's the family doctor and also he has the ability. It's never really truly explained, I don't think, but he has the ability to like take people's memories away, which mm. is what happens to a ton of people. 
Um, it happens to a bunch of Yuki's friends when he's younger. It happens to Momiji's mom. Like, that's how her memory gets wiped is, um, <clears throat> Hattori takes care of it, basically. Um, it's kind of always this looming threat that he could use it against Toru if he needs to in this way of, like, oh, if she ever finds out too much, like, I can wipe everything from her memory and she will not remember any of this. She will not remember, like, falling in love with anybody. Like, it's this, it's kind of this, like, looming threat. Like, we're all aware that whenever he's kind of, like, in the scene or operating or whenever someone, like, tells him something that he kind of has it in the back of his mind, too, and everybody else does as well. Um, so it's this very interesting dynamic where, you know, he kind of has to walk on ice, but also everybody else is walking on ice around him, too. Um, mm. And he really likes Toru. I think he makes it very clear <clears throat> from the very beginning that he thinks that she's a good influence and that, you know, he thinks she's a good person, which Hattori's like the strong, silent type. Um, that's kind of his trope is that he's like the strong, silent nerd type. So him liking Toru is kind of like that signifier of like, oh, she's like a really good one. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's a cool character. Another tragic backstory for sure. Oh, I forgot the most significant person whose memory he wiped. So he was like engaged to this woman and Akito said some fucked up shit or something. I can't remember. Um, Akito got mad that they were getting engaged because she's really possessive about all the Zodiac. Yes. Um, it was either that she was engaged or that she was... Yeah, something like that. Um, that they were she like, was, like asking love. To... Yeah. yeah. Um, and... Hattori has to wipe her memory because it's just so traumatizing because Akito hurts Hattori and his fiance feels responsible for it. And so he literally wipes her memory of him and like falling in love with him because he doesn't want her to feel bad about him getting hurt. It's fucked. Mm -hmm. It's fucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's, he's, I like him. He's a good character. I don't have a ton to say about him because I feel like he doesn't necessarily stand out aside from him being like kind of a plot device. But what do you think about him? I do like the whole, like, subplot of him and, like, his, like, girlfriend, like, all that. For two reasons. Like, the first one is, like, a lot of this show does, like, hit, like... I, I think something the show does well is that, like, it takes the concept and, like, really explores the depths of the concept, even when it's not always particularly, like, one-to-one -one realistic, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, this is one of the areas in which, like, the concept gets to be at its most interesting, mm -hmm. right? Um exploring like what would like like the the difficult like emotional like stuff going on with having to like erase like your girlfriend's memories mm -hmm. because like you think it's like the best thing for her and she's clearly just like it, like that's a type of tragedy you can only do in fiction right because like mm -hmm. shit like that can't happen in reality like i don't know we haven't figured out how to erase people's memories yet mm -hmm. As far as I know. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely a, a hypothetical slash rhetorical situation where the it kind yeah. of forces the audience to think about it. But it's in the same vein as the whole Zodiac concept in general. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like because Fruits Basket is such a realistic show, a lot of people forget that there is this very huge magical element that just really isn't ever fully explained. Because like if something like this existed in real life, you wouldn't know how to explain it either. So there's just a lot of stuff that's glossed over, a lot of stuff that's, like, kind of taken for granted, and I feel like we don't, as an audience, we don't really think about it because we're just kind of like, oh, yeah, like, how really, would you yeah. explain something like that? <laughs> you know what I mean? 
but yeah, yeah. i know what you mean um it's like this metaphysical question of like what would that actually be like um yeah and it like, lets you experience a feeling that like you kind of wouldn't normally run across mm -hmm. doing like normal day life and like that's part of what fiction's is interesting for mm -hmm. right and the second thing is like i also really like 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 it's a really tragic situation but he also like learns to move on from it and like mm -hmm. find love again you know mm -hmm. and it's like it's like clearly not the same as that relationship that was like good and like that ended for really tragic reasons mm -hmm. but it is like different and good for him mm -hmm. right like you know she's she's his new girlfriend isn't like a carbon copy of like the other girl like she's like mm -hmm. clearly very different and like has her own thing going on mm -hmm. right but it's still like good in that way and like him his little mini arc of learning to like move on and not forget the goodness of the last relationship mm -hmm. but also like be able to accept like you know there, there has to be some moving on and that you can find love again and all that mm -hmm. it's nice I guess uh, in the same vein of like him experiencing things that we wouldn't normally be able to experience, do you think that that ability, right? Because I feel like out of all of the characters, he's really the only one who has this kind of magical ability other than Akito. But Akito's magical ability is a little bit more straightforward in the fact that we can kind of like physically see it manifesting in the way that she treats other people and the way that the family reacts to her. And so mm -hmm. for Akito, it's like, yes, we understand she has this like connection and power over the family. And that's a little bit easier for us to understand because it is a thing. Like the same way that your parents will always have some kind of power over you by virtue of being your parents. Like, yes, it's a metaphysical thing that you can't really explain, but it's something we understand more. With Hatori, mm -hmm. his memory ability is one, never really explained. Two, really only played in like flashbacks and as a threat. Um, so yeah. I'm wondering if, like, do you think that makes him less relatable? Like, I'm thinking back to literally, like, a couple minutes ago when I was like, I don't know, I feel like there's not a ton I have to say about him aside from the fact that he's kind of a plot device. And I'm thinking about that, and I'm like, I can't really say that about any other characters. And I think it's literally only because he has this memory magic ability that none of them, else, like, nobody else has. Yeah. I don't know. Like, for me, his, like, mind racing ability never really felt like a magical thing as much as just kind of, like, an extension of, like, his, like, medical practice combined with, like, the mysticism part of, um, Fruits Basket. Uh -huh. Like, 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 it genuinely, to me, my reading of his mind racing ability is that, like, anyone could learn it. It would just take the same amount of time it would take to like learn medicine uh, you know interesting. Like, that, that's how i've always kind of looked at it so like i don't know like, like i've looked at it, <laughs> it, it yeah like so, so to me it does yeah to me it doesn't feel mystical mm -hmm. uh, i mean it is a little mystical but it does feel like it's grounded in something real yeah i feel like anyone in that universe could learn it too mm -hmm. so it, it doesn't feel alienating to me at least like like interesting that you say that because that's definitely a take that i myself did not have so i like that you said that because now i'm thinking about it and i think that does make <laughs> sense interesting how how do you feel about ima soma ima soma is a really interesting character for me mm -hmm. uh because he's an older brother i'm an older brother oh interesting right. oh right yeah. yes and like his a big part of his character is like the guilt of not 
being a good older brother mm-hmm. right and like that's something that i think is really interesting and like really resonant for me i can't relate that I to like... that at all i'm a wonderful <laughs> older <laughs> yeah it's Con, like not that confirm i like... or deny please i don't know like some days like i, I don't think i was a bad older brother but i think i could have been better mm-hmm. right and and i think like that guilt of like yeah i could have done more for like my siblings right mm-hmm. sibling one <laughs> is like it's like a really like it's not something that like gets talked about a lot and it's just really nice to like have something there and just let you chew on it and think about it you know because like it, it's a really complicated feeling right because like the best time to be an older brother is probably the time in which you have the least ability to be a better person because mm-hmm. you're a freaking kid <laughs> you know like yeah all right so then you like grow up and you look back and you're like i could have done better but it's also like how could have i expected myself to do better i was a freaking kid mm-hmm. you know and like seeing i may deal with that and trying to rebuild his relationship with his brother right it's like it makes you think about a lot of things and it's like it's never accepted where it's like oh you like like they they don't let him off the hook for not being there for his brother but Mm -hmm. they also like don't totally trash on him either for it you know Uh and like i think that's something really interesting that i really like about his character Uh that's interesting that you Mm -hmm. say that i am not a sibling so a lot of the stuff obviously that you just said i can't relate to um it's interesting, though, because I've always, like, if I could choose a kind of sibling to have, I would choose to have an older brother. But I've never, <laughs> I guess, really considered, like, the burden that that can be. Just because I've, I've never been a sibling. I don't have siblings, so it's not an experience I can necessarily, like, ask other people about either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the fascinating thing about IMA is that he really isn't a presence in Yuki's life. And like, there's a very clear reason for that. And no matter how Mm. guilty he is, like the damage has been done. Like the fact that he wasn't in Yuki's youth means that he's not a presence in his future. And he isn't like, he's a character and we spend time with him, but I don't know about you, but I don't really consider IMA's Yuki's like IMA Yuki's brothers. Like I have to remind myself of that whenever he's on the screen and Yuki gets like pissed off at him. I'm like, oh yeah, like they're brothers. Um, I think that's a part of the, that's part of the point of it. Yeah, like, I definitely think that's part of purposeful. Yeah, like if you want to be a part of someone's life, you can't just bank on the fact that like you're related you're by just blood. There, you're related or whatever. You actually have to make like a, cons- a concerted effort mm-hmm. towards it mm-hmm. and like that's something that i think is like really powerful and really important like that like that's some that's something like my like my mom says all the time you know she's like you know like if if you want to be part of someone's life like you have to like you have to put effort into it mm-hmm. you can't you're, it's not just going to happen just by just by virtue of being related mm-hmm. you know like it takes effort it and does. Like, you know yeah. i think that's something really important about this this character mm-hmm. that, I re- that i really love mm-hmm. you're very right i think that um I, I guess I don't, like, obviously this is the reason why we do, you know, talk about it and we do topics and stuff like that is that to be able to see each other's perspectives on things. I Because I don't really consider IMA Yuki's brother and I have to remind myself of that, I've never really thought about the brotherly aspect of his character 
um, other than, you know, the times that he really does talk about and go into detail about the guilt that he feels and not being there for Yuki when he was younger. But that's really... He maybe talks about that, like, once or twice. I feel like the rest of the time, he's kind of this, like, eccentric... Again, low-key, queer-coded um, <laughs> dude that just kind of, like, flounces around and flirts with men. And, like, there's definitely this, like... But isn't gay. But Yeah, but isn't gay. There's definitely this youthfulness about him that Yuki doesn't have by virtue of him, like, having had a childhood... Yeah. Like, I think Yuki, it's, you look at him and you experience him as a character and you're like, this isn't really a child. Or the child part of him is just so much under lock and key that it's hard to kind of unpack. Whereas, like, Ayame, you kind of look at him and you're like, oh, that's a kid. Even though he's much <laughs> older and should technically have gone through more things. Like... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's very interesting the way that they're written in, like, in reference to each other and the way that they kind of compare and contrast. Now, obviously, that's the point, right? Because they're mm -hmm. brothers and they're meant to kind of be foils for one another. But I'd never really think of them that way because, again, Yuki isn't really in his life. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about that now. That's really cool. Um yeah, I didn't think much about, like, the foil aspect of the characters, but I do think there's something there, too, because, like, they're both Zodiacs, so, like, yeah. you can't really blame Yuki's, like, problems on purely being a Zodiac member, uh -huh. right? Because, like, his brother's, like, literally the exact same situation, but, like, turned out, like, a lot different. Well, I think so that like... a lot of Yuki's, like, character flaws do come from being, like, Akito's pet, yeah. Um, for so, having had like done that for so long so that's probably where a lot of it is like I am a no matter how you know he is a zodiac but like he didn't go through that shit right mm -hmm. um but yeah no the life of an older brother who would have thought <laughs> older siblings older siblings everywhere, <laughs> for sure all right last but not least Shigure Soma Shigure. okay so like I hesitate to call this man daddy because I know he'd like it too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true. Don't laugh. Like, uh, No, you're right. <laughs> so, okay, okay. What's Shigure's plan? Like, I have no fucking idea. This man like, what, what is the so... Fuck <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's very weird. <laughs> I don't I, I can't even like rant about how weird it is because I don't know what was happening like like it's like his plan it just like is basically just side glances at the camera every once in a while like haha I'm like so evil right and then like I don't know man I don't get it <laughs> it's it's quite strange um so I guess his whole thing is that like he wants to bring the family back together, but in a healthier way. And he kind of thinks by being toxic as hell. Yeah, and he also kind of <laughs> believes that like Toru is the chosen one and he has to like, she's like the key to everything type thing, which puts a lot on her shoulders just like as like, she's already kind of the caretaker for her family, but then, you know, he keeps dropping these like hints slash 
he tries to like nudge her in a certain way of like you have to you know take care of the boys because they're kind of like your responsibility because it's in my plot to make you their savior and it's just weird um his plan is weird and it's never really ever explained fully even after it's like done he's just kind of like i succeeded i'm like at what dog there's <laughs> nothing you did like you literally okay cool i'm pretty sure toru did all the yeah <laughs> and all right like and like it's really weird it's it's really difficult to like his character because like the manga continuously is trying to like play him up as like kind of evil sometimes mm -hmm. but also never fully pulls a trigger on that so like i'm just left not knowing what to feel about him right like, like, like that one scene like where like he like where where reen's trying to get like information out of him and she's like low-key like like what if i like have sex with you and then like <laughs> it cuts and then it cuts implying a thing and then we come back later and it's like that's not what happened right and it's like why as a piece of fiction are you like trying so hard to make this dude like unsavory and then never paying that off right like 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 it, it's like Actually, you know what? I think I know what it is. I I think it's an artifact of it being a serial serialized piece of fiction. You think? Because like if 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 you're reading this week to week, that adds to the drama of it. Yeah, I guess. Right. Yeah. But and and it's it makes more sense if you're reading week to week, but in a compiled format, it might feel a little weird. And I think that's that might be what it is. Which is not a bad thing. You're probably like, right. Like serialized fiction school. You're probably right. I do think that like Stuff like that, though, they could have retconned for sure in the remake. Um, yeah. But I, okay, I struggle with Shugude's character because I like him at face value. I always have, like, a, such a spot, soft spot for kind of, like, the older mentor characters because I think they add something very valuable, even if they're mm -hmm. entirely side characters. Like, for example, in Oran High School Host Club, like, I don't think it would be the same without Mori or honey even mm. though really functionally they don't really do anything like they <laughs> function okay like plot wise you could take them out of the show and it's not going to affect the plot because mm. the plot really the main plot really revolves around literally all of the other hosts except for them <laughs> right like they get their own little plot lines and their own episodes but really they're mostly played for bits and like i'm not talking about like the actual sentimental value of the show in terms of sentimental value and like watching the show actually they're invaluable they are irreplaceable you cannot put another character in the like, in their shoes and it's going to be the same it's not what i mean is like literally on the plot of the show like it doesn't change a lot if you took them out and but i still i still think they add something by virtue of being older people um <laughs> in this way that you can kind of look at them and be like okay there's you know they're third years and they're adding something to that sentimental value even if they're not necessarily useful to the plot and i think that just by virtue of being an older person she could adds that something um i really couldn't tell you exactly what it is i just think that like there's something nice about having someone older than you that kind of knows what they're doing because if the main characters are younger people 
it kind of grounds the show more in realism if there is somebody older who kind of does know what they're doing but is also a mess <laughs> you know because that's yeah. like how yeah. reality is like those the shows where like everybody is young and there's not a single character like none of their parents are characters there's not a single Everyone's person a who's orphan. older than them i'm like what kind of life are you living like in what world is everybody the exact same age that you know mm. no right and so with shigure he adds a very human element to the house you know um it's not just like a bunch of teenagers running around like there is an adult um <laughs> who is somewhat aware of what's going on and um and might be evil and might be evil but we're not entirely sure because of the way that is this evil plan isn't that evil the, i don't know it's just like the virtue signaling is weird though because they're like oh he's evil but it has a purpose and then we just don't know what the purpose is ever like it's just never uh. explained and so we're just like okay i guess i'll just take it at face value like i um it's like it's like the show tells you that he's a bad guy but doesn't really like pull the trigger on any like bad people things because they don't want to make him an actually bad person they just want to give him yeah you know like you said little evil signifiers and then not actually pay it off but i do i do like him as a character i think he's a goofy guy um he's definitely mm -hmm. got he's got that like goofy dad thing kind of going for him too um and I don't know. I have a lot of, like, respect for him as a character in terms of looking at the situation that he's in and being like, okay, there's something here to be fixed, and I'm going to actually do something about it. I think a lot of the other characters in the Zodiac that are under Akito's thing the problem with true. it is that like none of them are actually willing to do anything about it even though everybody's like oh this is a problem what are you gonna do about yeah. it uh, you know um he's like the mm -hmm. only person who's like all right i'm gonna gird my fucking loins and i'm gonna do it even though i don't really know what i'm doing and neither do we like <laughs> you know what i mean like he 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 can see what's going on in the family and yeah. from like almost a third person perspective and um He's the one who got Yuki out of his unsafe living situation. He's the one who's housing Kyo. He's housing Toru, right? Like, he's a guy. He's he's kind of a greasy guy, but he's a good guy. And you are rooting for him just by virtue of wanting a good guy to root for, you know? Um, All right. So but we yeah. got that one messy thing about Shigure out of the way. Now, what about messy thing about Shigure number two? Mm. His relationship with Akito. I don't like talking about this messy thing because it makes me uncomfortable. It's weird. I, I it's have really nothing. Weird. I have nothing to. I I can't say anything about it. I think that this is really where we kind of see that this manga was like a product of its time, <laughs> and I think they do a lot of work. They they try a little bit to retcon this in the remake. I think. I think they soften it. Mm. it's still bad <laughs> but this is really kind of where we see the the age of the manga in this like dynamic that's like oh yeah like shigure was a teenager and akito was a child and they like fell in love when she was a child and now he's out in the real world being an adult and she's still technically 
like mentally a child because she's been locked away in this house for her entire life. But then she also uses sex to manipulate him into being her man. And she does this to all of the men that are adults in the Zodiac. Like she does this to Kudeno as well. Like she's sexually manipulating him even though he's what canonically like 12 years older than her. It's just weird. It's just fucking weird. There's no way to justify it. It's pretty weird. Is that an accurate like am I am I I'm not fucking that up, right? Like that is an accurate description of what's going on. And like their characters are like basically the most sexual the show gets. Oh yeah. So it's like it's like it's like why here? Yeah. <laughs> why them? <laughs> I also, they had a young couple, one of which, both of which, wear collars at some point in the show, just as like a fashion statement, and they chose, and they chose the groomer option, like, (laughs) like, I I just, I don't get that, like, I don't, you had Hatsuharu and Rin, and you didn't go that route. Okay, well, and also like they're the same age. They're in the same age group. Like it wouldn't be weird if they were like kissing on screen and I don't know having implied sexy time. It's weird that the guy that's like twelve years older than the woman who is dressing as a man like doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I forgot about that aspect too. <laughs> just like, there's no kosher way to describe this. Like, this is just how it is. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's pretty bad. As wonderful as I think this show is, it has its flaws. <laughs> it has its flaws. And they're pretty big ones too. Okay. This is why Shigure is a, is a, is a difficult He's a weird guy. Have feelings about. Here is the thing that I find the most weird about this. And okay, and this is, you know, this is obviously the thing that kind of puts the nail in the coffin for me. It would be a different thing if Akito, you know, came to terms with herself at the end, right? Started dressing again as a woman. Mm -hmm. And she was like, listen, I no longer need to use sex to manipulate men because that's like not what femininity is. Because that's how she performs femininity in, like, behind closed doors, right? Is that she's not allowed to be a woman in real life, so she is a a woman in the bedroom. And that's the only way she's allowed to express it. That actually is a really interesting read on that. But but keep going. And so, at the end, when she's like, oh, yes, like, I am a woman and I can be comfortable in that... I no longer need to use sex as a way to manipulate men because I don't need to be a woman behind closed doors anymore. And it would have been nice if they went that route, but then she ends up with Shigure. Like, yeah, they get married functionally. And I'm just like, Damn. that's the nail in the coffin <laughs> for me, folks, because there is a version of this, right? Where she's doing the thing that I just described and like Shigure is like, listen, I do think I love you, but I have to respect your choice. 
And I can also understand why doing this isn't good for me either because it's stopped me from having a healthy relationship with literally any other woman in my life because I've been obsessed with you since you were a child. You know, you know. But that doesn't happen. You know what? <laughs> I think this has a lot of really strange parallels too. Please enlighten me. So, 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 like, <laughs> I think there's a version of this reading in which Shigure is just a really loyal dog, right? Ah. He's he's literally the dog spirit, and like we can make this like, ah. no, 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 not in this reading, not 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 in this show, but there's a different version of the show in which yeah. you can argue yeah. where he's just a really loyal dog, uh-huh. right? And like he just really cares about Akito, and it's manifesting in this way that's like kind of like romantic sexual because he doesn't know what's going on uh-huh. because like because like no one else can feel this because he's the only dog around right ah. and then that's fine but that can also exist in a non-romantic sexual way right yes like this other movie twilight <laughs> where at the end jacob you, and prince on the baby <laughs> you you did not just do this it's the it's no think about it it's the exact same problem (laughs) it's the exact same problem they both have an easy out just say they're dogs (laughs) and just say this is a thing about loyalty right and it doesn't have to be romantic or sexual and then they don't (laughs) it's the same problem it's the it's the exact same problem why would you do this? <laughs> it's it's like, like it's the exact same problem. Think about it. I don't want to think about <laughs> the fact it. That, the, the fact that it's a problem that happened twice actually <laughs> kind of drives me crazy. That's the end of the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> um, dude, I... <sighs> Did we really have to bring Twilight into this dog? yes okay i wasn't going to and then i thought about it and i was like wow like they really did the same thing twice i just made a connection and then and i don't know what to do with this connection so i put it out into the world damn it (laughs) (sighs) this is what i get for starting a podcast with you okay fruits basket is just twilight (laughs) conclusion fruits basket is twilight if it had a good author and had a good heroine but kept the weird dog. And thing. kept the weird dog thing. So not like <laughs> Twilight at all. <laughs> um, I actually do like that reading, and I do think that there is a universe in which that is the fruits basket that we got. Unfortunately, it's not, and so there's no way to justify or describe. Also, okay, there are times where obviously, like, it's not the plot, but you can kind of like reasonably infer that it's like a bit of a plot point, like. It's really under wraps, but you can see kind of where the author was trying to go with it. This is not it. There's yeah. no reference <laughs> to him being like the being like the jindoke, like he's he's the good loyal, you know, like there's nothing like that. And honestly, it's more backwards, I think, the fact that like it's framed as Shigure being like self serving. Because it is framed at his as him kind of being self-serving. Yeah, like he's, he, This whole thing of, like, where he's being played as, like, an evil guy 
it, it comes off as very selfish because we soon realize, right, like, after he keeps bringing up, like, this plan that he has and all of the other characters are like, oh, Shigure has a plan, like, particularly Ayame and Hattori where they're like, how's the plan going? It's just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> we soon come to realize, right, that, like, he's basically orchestrating this whole plan so that he can be with Akito. Yeah. So it's just... I mean, you could make it the is. argument that he's doing it for Akito so that she doesn't have to be, like, trapped in this weird performance thing where she has to pretend to be a guy. But then it's like he has sex with her. And just because by virtue of that, I feel like it just gets into this thing where, like, he kind of wants to just, like, have sex with her as a woman and, like, not be weirded out and ashamed by it and doesn't <laughs> want her to be weirded out or ashamed of it either. That Yeah, that actually is kind of Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's... Yeah, yeah, it's not great. There's also the possessive element of it, where there's also, like, he really explicitly says, like, he's doing this so Akito would just be his and his alone. Yeah. Like, there's that, too. I also wonder if that's just, like, kind of a, you know, a Japanese, you know, translation mishap. I think that that, you know, can sometimes come off as a different thing. I, I try to look at things more, like broadly when it comes to stuff like that but broadly mm -hmm. it's the same like he says that and i hear it and i'm like i don't think that's a mistranslation i actually do think that's true um you could say that it is but like broadly speaking it matches up you know what i mean yeah. um yeah he's a weird guy um definitely don't stand guy. by all the weird stuff he does but he's a goofy guy i guess so that makes him kind of cool not cool He's Relatable. a character that's hard, the hard to have. He's a character. Any, yeah, the hard, hard to, hard to know what to feel about. Yeah. All right. All right. I kind of want to talk about Akito now, but like, have we also like kind of? I feel like we've talked about we, Akito we quite a bit in the last couple episodes. They, he, she is an anomaly. <laughs> I don't fucking know what's going on there. <laughs> I. I would like to talk about Akito in reference to Shigure, which I think we have been doing a little bit. Um, I think the whole thing that I was kind of describing earlier, where she does this thing where she manipulates guys by, like, having sex with them and... And women by throwing them off buildings. And, yeah, and that's actually what I was going to bring up, right? Is So, like, this dynamic that she has with Shigure is, like, a different version of the dynamic that she has with Rin. Um, but it's mm -hmm. like two sides of the same coin where because Akito mm -hmm. has so much self-hate and doesn't know how to act and doesn't know who she is, she deflects all of this hate onto everybody else around her. And with Shigure and with Kurano, it ends up with them obviously being like sexually manipulated because that's the way she understands how to manipulate men. But with women, it's this completely different thing where she needs to like either physically dominate them using violence or, like, mentally dominate them using, like, psychologically abusive tactics. But it's kind of the same. It's in the same vein. She's, like, doing the same thing to different people, but in a different way. Um, yeah, but, like, with different strategies because different things work. Yes. Yeah. And it's not good. But I do think, and here's the kicker, right, is that, like, all of the bad stuff, quote-unquote that she does to like 
I think the quote-unquote sexual manipulation that she does is... I think it distracts from the fact that Shigure is a fucking groomer. Like, <laughs> I, 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 like I can acknowledge that that's what she's doing, but I think that, like... Whether or not the author intended it as such, as like as the distraction that I'm talking about, I think the fact that the fact that she's using that as a thing that she does like overshadows the and because she's so aggressive about it and she does these like inherently violent bad things to other people and because we as an audience can obviously see that she's doing this because she has like a lot of problems with herself, right? Like we as an audience know that all of these things that she's doing are in the same vein. It does overshadow the fact that, like, Shigure's not in the right at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like, I don't know. I don't think it's intentional. I think Akito is a bad character. Or, not a bad character. I think she's a bad person with or without the Shigure stuff, right? Um, mm. The stuff that she does to Yuki. Like, every other character except for Shigure speaks to the fact that Akito is not a good person. But... I do think it's interesting the fact that she's so bad it almost overshadows or over undermines the fact that Shigure like is not great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't fall in love with children. Maybe. That's a that that that's a good clip. It's <laughs> um, a good clip. I also, I did like research on this, right? Because I was like, "How big is their age gap?" Because there's a, there's like a, they're definitely, it's definitely weird, right? And so, like, there, there were people out there who were like, "Well, technically, right?" You know, in that clip where like she's kind of holding the, the flower. The moment w w when you're talking about grooming, the moment you say, "Well, technically, you're already, you're, you're already in the wrong spot. Right. You already, you already lost this argument." Right, right. <laughs> but that that one specific scene that always comes up whenever they're like, "Oh, like they're in love," you know, is like when she's holding the flower and he's like sitting out on the porch. You know which scene I'm talking about? Yeah. Um Like people are like in that scene, like she's this age and he's this age, and I'm like, dude. In that specific scene, sure. And, like, I don't know, sure, like, when you get older, age gaps become less and less relevant. But that's, like, when you're adults. Like, <laughs> guys. And also, like, in that specific scene, it doesn't have, like, their fucking ages looming over their head. So at the end of the day, it's all just speculation. Also, it's, like, it's also not discontinuous. Like, like... Yeah, sure, maybe in that one scene, but also, like, what about the next scene and the scene before, right? Like, yeah. like Shigure did not stop, didn't, like, not like her, and then did for that one scene, and yeah. then stopped. Yeah. You know, like, like... That's, that's... She was still a child, and he was still the age that he was after that. Like... Yeah. <laughs> and before that, <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> And before that, she was an infant, and, uh, you know, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it's just, it's bad. There's, all this to say Fruits Basket is great, but we don't stand by the stuff that Shigure does, because it is fucking weird. Like, there's no justification for it. It's just bad. It's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> what about, what do you think of, like, Akito's character as, like, a metaphor for, like, abuse and power, though? I think, I, I that's the thing that gets me the most, like, complicated feelings about akito because like on one hand as like a metaphor she serves a really great function and then right at the end 
the show tries to humanize her and like that's a that's a that's a really important part of the whole show the whole there's a very strong current of the show about empathy right and trying to understand other people and their pain but i also feel like her role as a metaphor makes the empathy part difficult because she isn't really a person per se she's more metaphor than character right I also... and i think that's and like like i kind of like have a weird clash between sympathizing with her because like because like i don't know i feel like her function for so much of the show was like as as a representation of power and abuse mm-hmm. and at the very end we get like the sympathizing moment and i'm i'm glad we did because that's the great thing about the show but also i don't know if it completely works because like so much about her life is like not like like you know mm-hmm. like like I think in order for her to be the metaphor that she is yeah. so much had to like go wrong in so many specific ways. And I feel like it's kind of a cop out at the end. I agree with you. I think what you're hitting at is that like, it didn't hit as hard as it could have if she was an actual character because she's not, um, mm-hmm. the kind of character development that she goes through would be really monumental and fucking amazing. If she had a characteristic besides being a plot device, which is, I think what you are like, getting yeah. at right um and i don't think it's bad that she's yeah, a no, 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 no. because like for the show it works really well it's just like it's just like i don't like ending her redemption quote-unquote just doesn't feel like character development yeah it doesn't feel like <laughs> character development which is i think something like I, I think that you've kind of hit that spot on is that like a character can change but it doesn't necessarily always feel like character development sometimes it's just like mm-hmm they change and that's like how the story happened because the author wrote it that way um i struggle hard with this because i do like akito as a character and as a plot device i think when you look at her life on paper you're just like damn this bitch went through a lot and then you look at her life on paper in reference to other characters like there's that character wiki that she's on where it's like one of her hobbies is listed as like abusing her family members (laughs) like that's true it's true that's that's what she's like on paper there's no way to like get rid of that aspect of her character she's an abuser but i think that it and this kind of ties back into what we were talking about like reen and not forgiving her but agito's not a good person and there's never a time that the the story ever shies away from that all of the forgiveness that she is given has not been earned and i think that that might be the reason it doesn't hit as hard is because we look at her character changing and we're like you don't really deserve this and i think that's like the point um yeah as frustrating as that is and i do think there are better ways they could have done that while still making maintaining that feeling of like this really isn't earned but it's happening because of these other factors type thing i think there was a way for them to do that a little bit better but as it stands right now i think that like that feeling of kind of like i don't really know about this like i don't know if she's done the work that is necessary to have earned this ending um is like kind of the point is like sometimes people's abuse like sometimes abusers get happy endings and that's just like a fact of life (laughs) yeah and it's also the idea that like these people these people are forgiving her partially for their own like sanity ability ability to like move on and like you know like it's like forgiveness is partially for like you too Mm -hmm, honestly mm -hmm. Right, and like I, I think that's why it's like in there, and I don't, I, and I actually like that aspect of the show, mm-hmm. but like yeah, it does kind of feel weird that she kind of gets a pseudo redemption when she doesn't like. Hmm. 
She hasn't really just, earned it. Yeah, she hasn't really like like we know what her backstory is and it's tragic, but she actually hasn't done much to like remedy it mm-hmm. after that. I think this might be though I yeah. I think this might be just a matter of like the power of forgiveness, right? Type thing <laughs> where again she's being used as a metaphor instead of an actual person. Um but I do wholeheartedly agree with you. Like despite all of, you know, all of the ways that we can kind of write this off as like, oh, well, you know, it could be this, it could be this. Like, it doesn't really feel earned because she's not a character. Like, Akito as a person doesn't come out into the show until also, like, the second season. Um, she's yeah. literally just a shadow or a reference for other people. And, like, we see her in other people's flashbacks as just being the fucking worst. Yeah. Like, there's no redeeming quality about her. She's... She's just evil I'll... up until, like, the second season, and we've been so conditioned to be like, oh, like, this is the reason everybody that we love is traumatized. Um, yeah. I will admit, as, like, a piece of, like, writing and drama, though, it's, like, pretty brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, we spend, like, a whole season just hearing about this, like, menace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? We get a couple interactions, mm-hmm. right? And then she, like, shows up at the school the first time, and it's, like, really intense because of all the drama we're building up and then she shows up at the beach mm-hmm. right and ruins their vacation right god damn and it like, man like 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 just purely on a drama standpoint on a writing and drama mm-hmm. standpoint it's just like dude like like edgy your seat yes type thing. it's very good for dr- <laughs> like dramatic effect for sure um but it does reduce her a lot it does there's yeah. a huge reduction of who she is as a person that happens because of that and i i do think on a meta level it is genius that you introduce somebody as like the villain and as the unshakable villain not just as like mm-hmm. this distant thing like no this is like very close to home in the fact that they are actually literally fucking family members right like they're close, um, and there's no way yeah. to extricate Akito from any of these people. And so we know who he is, because that's, like, what we think, right, as an audience. Like, we think Akito is a guy, too, mm. right? Which is obviously, like, also kind of a reveal, is that, like, oh, yeah, like, Akito's not a guy. Like, he's not a man. He is posing um, as the head of the family, because that's... Like, what he's supposed to do? And then once we, like, find out that he's actually a woman, it's like, oh, like, she is doing this all as an act. And it's just, like, we kind of get to know her character in, like, bits and pieces while also having this first impression of, like, oh, this is a horrible person, right? Um, So I guess in that way it is, like, very well done in the way that, like, sometimes that's how you know people, too, is, like, sometimes you only know certain people in reference to other people, and sometimes those people are villains in this person's story. But who are they as individuals? We don't really know. And you don't really know, even though you think you know because you know all of these other people, but you don't know who this person mm-hmm. actually is. And, like, us as an audience, we kind of get to see Akito develop as an actual character and as an actual person. I just don't think it's long enough, and I don't think it's quite as rigorous as it needs to be to make the payoff, like, really kind of land. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I think um, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant fucking writing, though. You know what I mean? Like, you think yeah. you talk about it, and you're just like, God damn! Like, <laughs> ooh, so good. One thing, like, another thing I really love about her character, it's like, in the metaphorical aspect, it's like, she does a really good job of displaying all like a, a very large variety of different ways that abuse happens, mm-hmm. 
right? Like for some characters, it's like emotional abuse. For some, it's like literal physical abuse, mm-hmm. right? For some, it's like societal abuse in the way that like she like represents like the way the society like treats mm-hmm. like people and like push oppresses them. Mm-hmm. Like that's Kyo's character, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like, like, like basically each character that she interacts with from the Soma family has like a different version of this, mm-hmm. right? And she also like, she also represents like a way that like people like in privilege and with power don't like like in the way that like their privilege breaks down when you're introduced with like someone from outside of that sphere of influence that's what toru is and like seeing them freak out mm-hmm. right when like suddenly they're not in control anymore mm-hmm. right people born in control freaking out when they realize they're not anymore mm-hmm. right and it's like so many different great ways to look at like power and abuse mm-hmm. and stuff like that with this character mm-hmm. and really pick into right you're very right um that I just like love on a metaphorical aspect. Like it's 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 such a great like thing to really analyze and look at. And I think that the variety of characters in this cast too just speaks to the. I, I think I I read stories from people, and I'm like, this is a great story, but I don't know if you've lived this. But then mm-hmm. you read stories where you're like, oh, this person had a hard life. And this is yeah. where this story came from. I think mm. that the author is so brilliant, not just because it's a brilliant story, but because they've turned what has obviously been extremely harrowing personal situations into a story that millions of people have fallen in love with and people and characters, right? Like Every single one of these characters has something that you love. Like They've turned suffering into art. I feel like this is definitely like a very pure representation of a bad thing that can become a great piece of something that other people can latch onto and appreciate and love for virtue of the fact that it's like you see something like this and you're like, oh, like, someone lived this. And people live this every day. And I don't get to see that all the time. And I don't really know what that's like. But I care about these characters, so I'm experiencing it through their eyes. Like, this is very much so a show where it's like you look at the characters and you may not understand what they're going through because you've never experienced it yourself. But just by virtue of being in love with these people, you experience what they're experiencing. And it's fucking genius. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes that's the only way that you can ever experience certain things, right? Is like through the lens yeah. of the people that you love. And yeah. so... That's part of the value of like art and how it like helps broaden what you know, mm-hmm. what you can experience. It's just good. Other, other people's experiences. Like, yeah, it's just it's good. good. <laughs> like, like we pointed out a lot of weird things about the show, <laughs> but like... I think a very important part about looking at art and analyzing art is that you can point out bad things, yeah. problematic and weird things, but also point out, but, but like, that doesn't particularly detract from the from the good aspects of it, right? And you, you have to take things in lockstep, right? They come they come with each other, but like, but it's still good. Like It's still good <laughs> it's and it's, it's still, still worth it. It's still worth consuming it, it, because at the end of the day, nobody's going to sit here and justify this. Sh- I'm nobody. There are very few people who will sit here and justify the shit that, like, Shikure does, right? Or, you know, the Mm. weird kind of, like, 
Like, I I gotta say, I think Kyo also suffers from this thing where he's, like, extre- low-key, extremely problematic, and people are like, oh, like, he's just misunderstood. Like, no, he he, he physically abuses people. Um, <laughs> he just puts it under the cover of, like, I do martial arts. But, like, he's hit Toru without a second thought. He's hit Toru with a purpose. Like... Get away from me, purpose, because I want you to hate me, purpose. And, like, yes, it's misunderstood, but, like, you still did it. You know, like, there are very few people who are going to sit here and and really, really justify that, right? Um, But, you know, it's it's a good story. Like, (laughs) I don't know what else to tell you. (laughs) And, like, the movement of his character from that to where he ends up is, like, genuinely, I think, like, a good thing yes to to write and to yes. say it's definitely not a cheap character development it, it's very expensive yeah. it's very costly for him and for everybody around him <laughs> which is usually how it happens <sighs> all right any more characters you want i have like two in mind all right but do you have any i I want to just very briefly hit on the Ritsu thing. So the 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 crossdresser, the convoluted crossdresser we were talking about earlier is Ritsu. Uh, they're the monkey zodiac. When we first meet Ritsu, she's presenting as a woman, and then we find out that she's not because Toru hugs her and she becomes a monkey, and that means that she's actually a guy. <gasps> um, at the very end of the show, Ritsu turns back into a guy. <sighs> Or starts presenting as male again. And it's just like, why? Useless it's, character it's, development. It's, Completely fucking it's pointless. Not, it's, not, it's not even the pointless aspect of it that like bothers me. It's the fact that like it's paired along with his healed trauma. Right? <laughs> it, it, in a way, it kind of implies that now that he's healed a bit, he doesn't want to cross present as female anymore implying that his cross dressing was a was tied up with trauma and like that's rough i will say okay because here's the other thing too right is that like akito did it right like they presented his male because it they are the head of the family right and so there's this like societal Mm -hmm. expectation ritsu literally did it because she's like i'm more comfortable in girls clothes yeah and like that's like cool she just doesn't like it's just so fucking weird like i don't it was so close (laughs) it was so close um and then and then it backpedaled pretty hard at the end here let me what are you trying to 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 look up hang on why'd ritu stop cross-dressing let's see what the internet says Okay. Give it your best shot. I'm not quite convinced that there's Anime a... Mama 828 on Reddit says, I think Ritsu used cross-dressing as a coping mechanism for low self-esteem and didn't embrace his manliness. I can relate because I, female, used to dress more tomboyish because I had lower self-esteem and it issues with and had issues with my femininity. But once I gained confidence in myself, I became a lot more confident in my feminine self. That's how I see it anyways. <coughs> <coughs> uh, 
it's better than the alternate alternative. What's so I'll, the alternative? I'll the alternative is what I feel like the show implies, and is that like cross-dressing was a product of trauma, not traumatized anymore, no more cross-dressing. And I think that's a much more problematic read. That, that's so, fair. Uh, um, okay, right. so because maybe we should tackle this from why does Ritsusoma dress like a girl? Um, he dresses in women's clothing because he feels less pressure from society um, and is initially mistaken for a woman by Toru Honda because of his long hair and beauty. In the end, Ritsu has gained self-confidence, found the courage to start dressing as a man, and cut his hair short. The fact... That he feels less pressure from society? Yeah. That's, a, that's a fucking lie. That's cap. That's a fucking cap. Yeah. That's not... I was gonna that say, is that a one doesn't bullshit check. interpretation. <laughs> that is not true. That one There's no fucking way. <laughs> Who wrote that? <laughs> Fruits Basket Wiki written. Fandom. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I don't that's buy that not, That's not accurate. I do think that, like, I mean, I do think that maybe that was, like, what the writer had intended, which, in in which case, then, like, yeah, that's just a fault of the writer. But if this is, like, a reader's interpretation, this is simply false. Yeah. I'm... Anyways. <laughs> For how the author treats the other queer characters in the show also true I, I i do i would not be surprised if it was some sort of misguided allyship type deal mm. where it's like i want to include characters like this but i don't completely understand why they would do something like this and it just kind of gets lost in translation mm -hmm. That's right fair. right it, it really does feel like the author's trying to be as good as possible with ritu as a crushers and character but but doesn't really completely understand why people do things like that yeah right because, like, it doesn't feel like Ritsu's crushing is ever, like, portrayed with, like, any, like, malice or anything. Yeah, no, it's but it does feel like at thing. the end that when we actually dig into, like, why, you know, like, it probably should have talked to, like, some, like, cross-dressing people or, like, trans people before you, like, wrote yeah, that. Yeah, maybe, but... <laughs> perhaps. Hmm. But it also doesn't feel, like, with malice either, you yeah. know? Like, like there, there are definitely ways, like, certain, and I'm not saying this, like, makes it better but 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 there definitely are ways in which you can like do this and then i play it as like a joke or like play it maliciously or, or whatnot and like the author's not trying to do yeah. that but it does feel a little yeah misguided. it just it's like if you're gonna make it like that i uh, I, i'd hesitate to put it in at all but um it's a very graceful also like of that i think yeah also something that like you have talked about several times when we talked about Ruth basket in the past yeah. it's like the missed opportunity Ugh. of dealing with a trans character in this specific scenario setting setup. Yep. Right? Because there's so many, because like the whole idea of like hugging the opposite gender causes like them to like activate the curse yep. really becomes much more fascinating when, when we're talking about like, okay, is it gender? Is it sex? Like what about gender presentation? Things like that. Yep. I think would have been so fascinating to explore, especially with a character like Ritsu that just like. Doesn't. Yep, and I think that in a in another in another multiverse, right, where we got the fruits basket that did come out in twenty twenty three, that's the version of the fruits basket we would have gotten, right? Where like all the characters yeah. are struggling. Which okay, here's the other thing: two two missed opportunities. They had two cross dressing characters, and they were like, <laughs> I don't really think we're gonna examine the way that this affects. Come yeah. on, dude. That's just... That's just lazy. Like, 
though you keep saying that like if it came out like now it would be different and i like i want to highlight that real quick because like i think that's also part of the reason why i'm like a little more like willing to like give some of the problematic aspects especially when it comes to like queerness like a past it's because like there are certain things you read it and it's problematic and and then you're like hmm but if it came out now it would still probably be problematic like the author just doesn't seem like the type of person that cares this this piece whether it's true or not Uh that the author cares it feels like it was made with a genuine attempt to try and deal with these issues as like good as possible and it just didn't really stick the landing because of the time it was but it does feel like now with more information Mm -hmm. and like more visibility on these issues Mm -hmm. it would have been much more successfully landed and that's part of the reason why i'm willing to like give it a little bit more of a pass because like i genuinely do feel whether it's true or not i don't know the author but i genuinely do feel like a a good foot forward was put I do like that you said that because I do think I look at this and I'm like, I'm disappointed, but also I don't see any like malice in it. I think it's sloppy. Like it's just not Mm. handled very well. Exactly what you're saying. Right. It's like there's definitely like more effort that could have been put into it. They could have referred to, you know, people in real life that have actually done this, but like it doesn't really seem like they did that. And, you know, never attribute to arrogance which you could attribute to ignorance and i think that this is definitely one of those <laughs> situations where it's like it yeah. doesn't really seem like they were po- like they did this to poke fun at it and be like oh look at how like fucking stupid this is they didn't do that right um mm-hmm. it's definitely not written with that intention um and you know mm-hmm. if it was then we would be obviously cracking down on it very harshly but yeah. i think it's we the, were tearing into it a lot right. <laughs> I, I think it's the same thing with the shigade thing that we spent you know so much time talking about why it's problematic like i i think one of the main reasons why i have such a problem with that is that i'm like nowadays that is just very clearly wrong and like even the worst or the most tropey anime, I think, nowadays is, like, it's actually fucking weird, like, when people hit on kids. Like, this wasn't, it, this wasn't a thing a couple decades ago. Like, it, it kind of also, uh, like, we yeah. see it a lot in, a lot in anime and a lot in manga in particular, right? Where, it's like, even the Lolita trope in general of this, like, Yes, like, being attracted to people who present as children is, like, a trope. That's That shouldn't be a trope. That's weird. Like, I, you yeah. know, and, like, I, I don't know. Like, with something like this, I look at it and I'm like, you should know better. But obviously, like, given the time that it came out, they didn't know better um and there wasn't really like much of an avenue for them to know better because visibility was just so taboo back then um i do think you were absolutely correct like with more visibility more awareness which is why awareness is so vital and so key right like this is why we raise awareness this is why it's important Mm -hmm. is to have like a basic knowledge of these things means that less people are just gonna get offended along the way and that you're not gonna fuck up like yeah and that people who actually are, like, trying as hard as they can, like, can do better because they have the knowledge and awareness, you know? It's right. Like, like, you know, yeah. you're not just going to be an idiot with good intentions. You're going to have good intentions and knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> who who to thunk? You need both. Um, <laughs> we did spend quite a second talking. I love how I was like, I'm just going to touch on this really quick, but... <laughs> Real quick. I knew when you said real quick it wasn't going to be. Damn it. You got to stop me from doing that <laughs> shit, dude. Um, hey, 
but yeah but you make good, good points i actually actually yeah, like good character yeah. not quite the best execution next <laughs> uh toru's friends <sighs> they're cool <laughs> maybe we need a part four fuck <laughs> Wait, did we really not cover them in the last two? This is bad. I should listen to the episodes that we put out. I just can't I keep track of like what we've talked about in the past. I think we did a pretty good job of sticking to our plan of like overview, main characters, side okay, characters. Perfect. I don't think I, I think we might have talked about the side characters, but they got okay. cut. Okay. Well. I, I, yeah, I think we may have talked about. I I definitely remember you talking about Hanajima being your goth. <sighs> My goth girlfriend. <laughs> My god, girlfriend. My god, Christ, I love her. Okay. Um, bad. Um, Another ding yeah, just went no, off. Really. We're just going to have a little bell every time it happens. Um, it's like the Cinema Sins counter. It's like ding. Yeah. Uh, That's yeah. exactly what I was um, So. I should make a compilation of just like every time. Fuck, no. It's going to be like four <laughs> hours long, dude. <laughs> um okay well hanajima i love her just as a okay because like we've talked about this before right you could look at a character as a plot device you look at character as a character i love her as both i love the fact that she's kind of like this oracle and she's this mystic being that exists outside of the realm of the zodiacs which, like, we have this mystic realm of the Zodiacs with the Somas, and we're very used to that. But Hanajima, we just have no idea what the fuck she's on. She's just yeah, a witch. She's, she's and just it's a never witch. explained. Like, we're like, elaborate. And she's like, mm, no. Um, and it's great. And she looks out for yeah. her friends with it. And that's awesome. <laughs> like, no critiques. I, I love, I love, for both, for both of these characters, I love how much, like, they care about Toru and, like, how much, like, you know, like, like how good of friends they are. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just nice to see. <laughs> it's just nice to see friends watching out for friends. And, like, they also have a healthy amount of, like, giving Toru space and knowing where, how much they can help, mm -hmm. right? And where to pass it on to other people in her life. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not, like... We're the only like, people like, like, she has ever. Yeah, right. Like, there's a point in which she, like... I forget one of them is like or maybe both of them come to the conclusion together whereas like there's this thing that toru's going through and they like talk to like i think it's like yuki about uh -huh. it and they're like we need you to go like help her with this because you're the only one who can mm -hmm. right we can recognize the problem because we're friends but like we understand the like you know which i they, 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 they're, they're very open to her having a life outside of yes, themselves which i also attribute you know? to just like having good boundaries like they they just have very good boundaries with each other you know they they mm. their friendship has a good handle on what it what it can give each of them and you know where it becomes self-serving like they know where that boundary is which um mm -hmm is important in any friendship and it's something that like personally i've had a lot of trouble sometimes trying to figure out but like have, having healthy boundaries is good and like your friends don't have to solve every problem for you and you don't have to solve every problem for your friends and that's actually perfectly fucking normal and you can just exist and they can just exist and everything's gonna be fine right like 
Yeah. I think that they're a very good example of that and they pull it off very well in a way that isn't like cheesy. I think that they're definitely a version of this where it's like, oh, like, you know, we have to defer to other people because we're not the right people for this job. Like, you know, kind of very on the nose, but it just feels very natural because of the way that they're written and the way that they're written is that like, no, they genuinely love Toru. Like, they're not virtue signaling right now and saying that, like, they can't solve this problem type thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But also, Uotani cool. should have been gay. Yeah. Uotani and Kurono. What the what fuck? What the actual <laughs> fuck? That's the most confusing fucking plotline. Like, fucking, they, like, no, run no, into no, each no, other no, no, in a no. convenience store and then she's in love no, no, and no, obsessed no. with him for the rest of the... This fucking stupid... Let me explain to you how much more stupid uh, it is. Okay, so, for those who don't know, Fruits Basket has oh, a movie. Oh, fuck. Right. Yeji hasn't watched the movie. movie. So we're about, to get, we're about to get her live reaction to this. Right. So, uh, this movie actually is like a part of the manga that got cut when they were remaking the anime. Right. So it actually comes like in the middle of the story. Anyway, so the plot of this movie is that... Toru's mother is, like, a delinquent kid who's, like, doing bad in school, right? And, like, she basically, like, gets called down to the principal's office and they scold her. And there she meets this man, right? And he's a teacher. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> is this? Yes. Is this? Is that the guy? Is that her dad? Uh, uh, yeah, it is. That is Toru's dad. No! Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 really oh! odd. <laughs> uh, it's pretty bad. Oh! It does kind of that like. I am done trying to defend you. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> okay, I'm okay, done. No, okay, okay, okay. Whoever the author here's is, the listen here, to me right now. I finished. Here, here, here's the thing. I think it can kind of work out at the end. Because by the end, he dies, right? Bruh. And, 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 no, wait, wait, wait. And Kyoko falls apart. She cannot figure out how to, like, fucking live life, raise a daughter without this man. And I think that's a really good point to make about, like, the, the imbalanced power dynamics in, like, relationships like this. And, like, how it, like, genuinely stunted her emotional, like, development, right? I think, like, like, I'm I'm not sure that's what the author's trying to do, <laughs> right? But I can kind of buy that. Where it's like it's like the end of the story. It basically becomes a condemnation, right? Whereas like, whereas like, Kyoko can't function, and like so much of her life falls apart after his death because she had not been able to develop the emotional repertoire in order to like take care of herself, much less take care of another person. Uh -huh. Right, so like, possibly the story ends as a condemnation, right? Mm -hmm. Which is really weird when we get to Uotani's character, because Uotani's relationship, because Uotani is basically Kyoko, <laughs> yep, <laughs> right, and her relationship to Kurino is basically Kyoko's relationship to Hatsua, or to Katsua, one whatever Katsuya. his name, is, right? <laughs> whatever. whatever, right? And like, 
And like, that's a problem because it rolls back all of the condemnation that happened before, right? But like, I think if they just like did that thing, left it and was like, this is a bad thing. And it turned out really bad for everyone involved, right? Right? That could be fine. But then they're like, what about if we do like a rerun of it, but give them a happy ending because this is actually a good thing, right? That's that's the thing that drives me crazy about Ugotani's relationship oh with Kuruna, right? It's like, it undoes something that like, has enough plausible deniability. <laughs> uh... like, like, retroactively, it makes Kyoko's relationship problematic again. Yeah. That's actually funny that you bring that up because only someone who's watched that movie and like has that context would think that. And obviously me not having watched the movie, I like I had no frame of reference for like where that was going. But you're right. It's it's this like weird little thing. And it happens it's very clearly a parallel. And let me tell yeah. you, this is how I like am not this is why I'm not giving the benefit of the doubt to the Shigede plot point because the fucking grooming thing happens again. <laughs> Two more times! Two more fucking times! <laughs> I need to hold the bike away from my face when I'm doing that because I will break somebody's eardrums, but I'm so serious. Like Don't worry, that's what that's what compression and limit is for, don't worry. The the problematic aspects are problematic and they don't go away. And it's just kind of like, dude, did the author like think about this at all before writing it? Yeah, it's pretty bad. It's not great. <laughs> it's not great. All right. Any other characters? I have one more that I would like to talk about real quick, but other than that, okay. I'm good. So you I will anything? say, I I do think it's interesting the way that they play Hanajima's relationship with Kyo's mentor. Um, I can't remember what his name is, but Sensei, like the guy who is like the he's like the karate yeah. master. <laughs> I think it's I think it's actually pretty funny that Hanajima is like. I think this guy is attractive and I'm going to go after him. Yeah, and he, and funny. he just, he doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. Like yeah. she just kind of trails around and like follows him. And they're just kind of like, and he's just like, okay, I guess. And doesn't make any moves. Like, I, they also canonically don't end up together. Like all the other. Yeah. Like it, that's just kind of left up in the air type thing. Um, And you know, I can appreciate that. I think that's like a, one of the things where like a young person and an older person with like an somewhat implied romantic inclination towards one another didn't end up super fucking weird um but that's like the only one that's the only one i can look at in good conscience and be like eh, shoulder shrug hands in the air but yeah no everything else is just fucking there's no excusing it there's there's nothing you there's there's nothing you can say to make that work <laughs> it's just yeah. bad <laughs> yeah and it makes other things retroactively bad too which is the thing that like damn, damn that fucking sucks <laughs> damn anybody else you wanted to talk All right. about only one more character right, and that's uh damn but give me a second uh. I need a reference. Yeah, you need to put, a you reference need to pull your sheet. sheet up, bro. I need it. Is it, is it Mackie? 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 Who's Mackie? Yuki's girlfriend at the end of the. Oh! At the, at the end of the show. Yeah, I forgot about her. I forget that she exists. I like her. I like a her lot. too. Uh, I like her when I remember she exists. <laughs> 
her her depiction of like the this like of like the expectations placed upon her and how that like kind of like develops a really terrible anxiety for mm-hmm. her not saying that's relatable but, but like uh... <laughs> but like i get it <laughs> and like i don't know sometimes like like there's a lot of like talk about like anxiety and stuff in media and like there's a lot of like and i i understand that like it gets people are trying to treat it with nuance right and and sometimes i feel like that like they that, like because of that punches get pulled a little mm-hmm. bit right um but like the way that like maki's character like manifests like her anxiety is that like she just like kind of like just like loses her like she she she, she, she like freaks out and then she starts like okay it sounds sounds bad now that i put about it but like i don't know she freaks out and she starts breaking things which like on one hand is like i guess kind of like over the top but also another hand is like man like i i haven't freaked out to the point in which like i want to like destroy everything in the room but i do understand that like that anxiety that's like gets bad to the point in which like i stop functioning i need to remove myself from that situation like like, like that's happened before yeah. it's just a right? different manifestation um, of a feeling that you've had it's I, I i i even feel like it's the same in a lot of ways in which it's like you're just really uncomfortable in the situation right i think that's why she like i think that's why she like breaks everything yeah. right it's because she she needs to be out of that situation because like her anxiety is getting like the better of her in that way right and like i can understand that a lot it's happened more times than i would like to admit yeah right and like also knowing that that anxiety is developed and built from the same place yeah. right I just kind of like seeing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, fuck, that's me. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. I'm glad that you can appreciate that in kind of like that roundabout way of like, oh, I, I relate to this and it's, I see myself in it, but I'm not ashamed of it. I feel like a lot of people look at characters that are mm. like them and they're like, fuck, I am in this picture and <laughs> I don't like it. Please delete it. Like, um, I think I see a little bit of that with like, kyo in myself um where i'm like damn dude that's like not a good way to treat yourself or other people around you you should not do that and i'm like that's toxic you should and then i'm like "Mm -hmm." (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) um but with that i i can appreciate yeah it's it's uncomfortable to look at but it's also like kind of good to yes look at and that's like know, why like... fiction exists and that's why art is good is because sometimes we need to look the bad thing in the face and sometimes the bad thing is mm-hmm. us yeah <laughs> most of the time most it's of us. the time <laughs> um i like her little yeah. i like how they fall in love though it feels very organic it does and it's like it's really cool how like Yuki takes a lot of the things that he's learning as he's healing from his situation and like helping her, you know, like like yeah, like there's, there's something really poetic and beautiful about like how like getting help from someone else to then help other mm-hmm. people, you know, like like even if they don't date in the end, like like I still think it's a like a really nice thing that's happening. I think you're right about that. I think that the ending up as romantic is was honestly optional. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because their relationship starts out as them being friends and goes from there. And it Yuki's story is a very great testimony to how like a healed person can heal others who have been hurt like them because they know what they're going mm-hmm. through. And like that's a very yeah. clear and prime example of that being shown in that relationship is him doing that for Maki. Um, and I don't, I like his relationship with her brother too. I think that like, that's a healthy friendship that he develops like outside his family where he feels like fully accepted. And he says that too, right? It's like, Oh, like I don't need to be perfect in front of this person, you know? Um, and that's good for him too. Yeah. They do, they do have a, like a pretty interesting relationship. Nice little bromance. And like him kind of, yeah. <laughs> and him kind of knowing what like she's going through because like, because, like, both their families were being competitive in that way. And yeah. Not. And it's, like, it was, it was pretty cool. I, I like those characters. I cannot I, I like the whole, like, remember what their names are, if you ask me, but I like their characters. Uh, Kakuru Manabe is, is, the, is the brother, and then it's Machi Kuragi, I think. It's, like, I have it written I'm down. I'm glad that you remember that, because I didn't. <laughs> I remember Kakuru a lot more. Than, than 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 Machi, but like that's because Kaguru is like fucking. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> he's him. You yeah. have a crush on that guy or whatever. Not particularly. You don't like him. <laughs> you don't like him like that. He's just your bro. He. I don't even know if I like him. He's like. <laughs> he's he's such an interesting character and in like how like how much on Yuki's nerves he can get, but also how like kind of great of a relationship he has with yuki too you know like like i don't know i think i think it's just fascinating how like yuki loki kind of can't stand him but also like that's just us dude they have but, but, but <laughs> fair fair your good friends are the ones you can't yeah. stand i i actually i don't think i've ever thought that about you i don't think i've ever been like fuck i can't stand on um i don't think you've ever annoyed me either um, so I guess like I need to, I need to get on that shit. Apparently, dude, start. <laughs> That's all dude. What the fuck? Um, I know I annoy you sometimes, so whatever. <laughs> I don't think catch have, up, dog. Um, but no, the, like it's that whole kind of like little subplot of Yuki like developing relationships outside the family and outside Toru was like definitely a nice change of pace in the anime. Um, I think it was a great like. It is a thing. great little thing. It's yeah. a good thing. It's a good thing that happens, for sure. All, all right. right. I'm all out. I think I fruits basket. I out. am. I'm also out. <laughs> I don't think I can talk about this shit anymore. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm never watching the movie because I'm just gonna lose all hope. But um, nice I, to I, know I, about that. <laughs> I'm quite sure we've talked about this for like a combined like six oh, hours or something. Oh, like probably that. longer because we also talk about it like when we're not recording. Yeah. So or in other episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> no. No. This will, this will probably God, be the last time no. you guys get a, an episode titled "Fruits Basket." It's probably not going to be the last time you guys. hear oh probably (laughs) not we will talk about it but maybe not you know we won't trademark it like that uh we'll just jump scare you with it you know what i mean um or maybe we just pivot we become a fruits basket podcast oh fuck (laughs) honestly with the amount of shit i've said today about this fucking show i probably could like god damn it or 
We've also gone pretty hard on it, so maybe we're not accepting the Prefacio fandom true, anymore. I don't that's know. True. <laughs> Please don't cancel us. Just cancel me. On doesn't deserve it. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you guys in the next one. This podcast was produced by Yeji. It was created and written by both of us. It was edited by me. The cover art was done by my good friend, Emma Nebecker. And the background art for the videos were done by my good friend, Penelope Moreno.